Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for March 6th, 2020. Once again, good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight it is to be with you again. I just invite, of course, the Holy Spirit to be with me and you as we journey together through the Scripture. In our last podcast, we talked a great deal more from the Sermon on the Mount, which to me has become the the backbone of the Kingdom of God teaching. It's all about what the Father wants to bring on earth, and I've said it in as many ways as I've been led to say it in the past few podcasts, and why I've gone over the Lord's Prayer so many times in that sixth chapter of the book of Matthew, where he talks about giving alms and praying in public and all those things, and then taking some time to really rehearse together with you that verse, those words Jesus uses just before he teaches us the Lord's Prayer. I want to bring it to mind again because he says, your heavenly Father already knows what you need before you ask him. Therefore, pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now we are so familiar with that prayer, and I've said it so many times in in my podcast, that it was just really recently that it kind of exploded for me when I saw that verse that precedes it when Jesus says, Father already knows what you need. And I'd mentioned in one of the podcasts that usually when I'd pray, I would worship God and praise his name, sometimes sing when I was by myself or something. But then I would have my list and all of the things and people and situations and and, uh, political and legal and governmental and uh, educational and uh, everything I could think of. And I would pour them out to God and I know that God listened. The big change has been this in the last several months is waiting on the Lord for his input and then saying, oh, You already know what I need for this day, Father. Thank you. You know it in advance. So I'm coming to you, and the urgency that I have in my list, I lay aside until after I hear what you're saying. And it's been a a real joyful 
exploration in my relationship with my Father God. Well, in terms of all of that, I'm not going to repeat it all today, but I'm going to talk to you about something that has been uh, a kind of on and off problem and blessing, problem and blessing, ever since my wife and I became Christians in the middle 60s. When we were born again, one of the things that I was later to really bemoan before God is there didn't seem to be many gray-haired men and women to talk to about about the things of God. They seemed to be very rare. In the conference that I was serving as a Methodist pastor, uh, I had had things come to me and where they'd say, you know, Tom, you've just become so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. It was much more of a social gospel, and I heard very little about the love of Scripture, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and leading people to Jesus, and being born again, and being filled with the Spirit. I literally heard nothing at all about the kingdom of God that's in that Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that you and I are here on this earth to bring the kingdom on the earth. I never heard anything about that. All I heard about was make sure that you give to the poor, make sure that you help the sick and the infirmed and and those in prison, all of which I think God, of course, wants us to do. He wants us to care for the physical needs of people, of food, shelter, and clothing. But I found in that social gospel that Jesus and his whole sacrificial act at Calvary, the pouring out of his blood, was meaningless. They didn't talk about getting sin forgiven. Sin was very rarely, if ever, even mentioned, even in the creeds of the church at that time. And I went through some very disappointing experiences that caused me some real grief and pain, because I, I for a while thought, am I just caught up in a religious cult? But I'm so grateful that with my move and my coming from northern Illinois down to ORU and meeting Tommy Tyson, the first chaplain at ORU, uh, he talked about Jesus in a way that was began to be a mentor to me in ways that to this day I cannot put into words of thankfulness. I'm so grateful. As a Methodist pastor, as a graduate of Duke Divinity, he had gone through those lean kinds of time also where he felt that at his seminary and in his conference, people didn't talk about Calvary. They didn't talk about the shed blood. They didn't talk about Jesus becoming sin for us. It was all about go do good deeds. And the confusion that arises is, I'm not at all saying, nor did Tommy say, don't do good deeds, don't help people, don't be concerned about uh, worldly needs. But we all came together when we found that verse in the sixth chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. And the things that he had talked about, we've mentioned on many, many occasions, were food, shelter, and clothing, the basic needs of humanity. And God knows that we need them. But he says, don't seek those first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, the food, the shelter, 
the clothing, the basic human needs of your life will be met by your Father. And the gospel that I heard after I was saved and in my church experiences was just the opposite. It was, boy, you've got to seek first your food, shelter, and clothing for yourself, your family, and everybody else. And I never even heard about Jesus Christ dying for my sins. I've mentioned on another occasion when one dear brother came by and we told him about our experience of being born again, and uh, we didn't use that term. And he looked at me and he said, well, Tom, it sounds to me like you and your wife have been born again. And I've mentioned this on a prior broadcast. My wife walked out of the kitchen with the most remarkable look on her face. And she said, honey, what a way to say it. Born again. That's exactly what's happened to you and I in the last week. Well, as I as I ponder and remember all of that, I am so grateful that the Lord Jesus brought us to a place where we became concerned about the basic human necessities of life, but they took second place to seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his joy, his peace. And when those are satisfied, it is amazing the way that God will meet the other needs. I've not taken time on this podcast, perhaps in the future I shall, but when we began to get our lives turned around from a religion following a religious uh, construct to following the Lord Jesus and living out of that resurrection life of the Lord Jesus, everything changed. We became concerned about those basic necessities of man and, and mankind and for families and people in prison and things. In fact, I was uh, at a... uh, place out on the east coast where Barbara and I had been called to be, I guess you would call it pastors, to people who were on their way to prison. I cared for them, but the thing that we found out there, because it came, that opportunity came after we were born again, that opportunity said to us, these people, these all happen to be all young girls who had gone through some very difficult things, they need to know the Lord Jesus. And by the grace of God, we were enabled to lead them to Jesus Christ. And those secondary things, food, shelter, clothing, and all those things that are necessary to maintain human life were added to these young girls in remarkable ways. And when we came back to Tulsa and I went into ministry, I thought, how in the world are we going to have those necessities? Because we went into a ministry, and in that ministry, it was all small groups and for whatever reasons that I'm beginning to understand now years later, the Lord disallowed us from asking for offerings. He said, I'll take care of it if you'll obey me and talk about the gospel of the kingdom of God, which we did, and God supplied in ways you cannot imagine. For all of our children, we had five of them. We lost a son I've talked to you about, but he provided food, shelter, and clothing in absolutely miraculous ways. Uh, I will take some time at a further podcast to go into and talk about a few of those things. But I wanted to just sort of wrap up what I've been talking about in terms of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. 
and why the Sermon on the Mount is so dynamically important in the life of a Christian, because it places the gospel of the kingdom first and foremost, and the righteousness of God first and foremost. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things, again, those necessities of human life, food, shelter, and clothing, will be met by him. But you've got to put the emphasis in the right place. And so I I hope this hasn't been a digression, but I, I wanted so much to just pour out my heart and tell you, he is able. He will do exactly what he said he would do. And again, it reminds me of E. Stanley Jones, who we had the privilege of meeting shortly after we were born again in 1964 or 5, somewhere around there, through a, a Methodist missionary by the name of Edna Hutchins, who had known him for over 50 years in and out of India, where she had been in the Isabel Thorburn School for Girls and had been its principal. And she said what he taught them about the kingdom of God was salvific work for she and the girls that she worked with in her school there in India. And what E. Stanley Jones said, I will repeat again and again and again. (laughs) I'll have to put it on my gravestone. He said this, Don't look at the Sermon on the Mount as a prescription of what you've got to go and do. That's religion. And it kills. He said, look at the Sermon on the Mount as a description of the resurrection life of Jesus in you, which enables you to do it all, to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But what has often happened, and I found it out of the social gospel, you got to go do all of these things. You'll wear yourself out doing, 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 doing. He's not after doing, he's after living out the implications of the gospel of kingdom. So let me close this podcast, rehearsing once again the verse that precedes the Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to pray it slowly, inviting the Holy Spirit to give us the order then. Father already knows what you need before you ask him, Jesus taught us. Therefore, here's the way to pray. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The rule and the reign of God on earth, the righteousness of God on earth, let it come into and through me, and through me the love of God of that kingdom and the king himself. And then give us the daily bread that we need. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Dear brothers and sisters, I pray that you will go through the Sermon on the Mount and portions of it in the Gospel of Luke and other places, And you'll go very slowly and say, Father, would you show us your kingdom in every verse of the Sermon on the Mount? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. You are faithful. Amen and amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.